saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. They sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin. For they did unto thee evil, and now we, uh, we pray thee, Forgive the trespass of the servants of, God, of the God of thy father. Joseph wept when they spake unto him, his brethren also went and fell down before his face. They said, Behold, we be thy servants. Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God. But as for you, verse 20, we'll lift our thought here in just a moment. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And I like how verse 21 ends, And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Appreciate you standing at a reverence reading of the Word of God. You can be seated. Let's pray together. I know y'all have already prayed, but you pray for us one more time tonight before we try to preach, all right? Our Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening in the name of the Lord Jesus. We're thankful tonight for the privilege to come this way. We know tonight that, Lord, in ourselves dwelleth no good thing, Lord, no ability, no talent. Lord, we surely, Lord, have the call of God upon us, but we need you to take us beyond ourselves again this evening. Lord, I pray as we've come this way to be a help, encouragement, and a blessing to the people of God and to this preacher, our friend, and his family. And, and Lord, uh, you know tonight that, Lord, what we desire, we can't even do without your help. And so I pray this evening that you'd use this for your honor and for your glory. And pray tonight that, Lord, in this place, the presence of the Lord would abide for a little while and be manifested for a little while through your word. The truths, Lord, I know they'll not be deep, they'll not be anything, Lord, that, Lord, would be mind-blowing, but would you take the simplicity of the word of God. Lord, may there be application in our life tonight in the situations the children of God maybe are in or have been walking through or maybe, Lord, will face in days to come. May, Lord, we be instructed tonight in what we need to do and how we need to be. Lord, we'll bless you for what you do tonight. May Jesus get all the glory for everything that's done. In his precious name again we pray. Amen and amen. In the context of the verses, it's alluded to in verse number 15 of what took place earlier in the chapter, the death of the great patriarch Jacob the father of those 12 sons who had become the heads of the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel. And Jacob has, has now left this world. At the death of their father, the, uh, the 11 con men who were his sons who had betrayed Joseph, we know all that story, we want to deal with it tonight. Uh, they now realize that as Jacob has died, they have this fear within their heart. 
Their fear is simply this, that Joseph has only been kind to them for the sake of their father. That that they have done all these evil things to Joseph. They even admit that themselves in verse number 15 and in verse number 17 as they called what they had done a very evil thing. Uh, They said in verse number 17, they called it a trespass. And again, they called it a sin. They realize what they have done to Joseph. They've realized it for some time now. They had had a meeting with Joseph some time before. And now they, uh, they think surely Joseph is going to hate us. And then Joseph has this thing against us for what we've done. And, and judgment is going to fall upon us from the hand of this one that we have done wrong. And so they, uh, being the calm men they are, they make up a story. I can't find anywhere where Jacob ever said this. Uh, but they make it up uh, again so that they might find mercy from the hand of Joseph. Uh, little did they know Joseph had not uh, had not uh, any kind of grudge holding within his heart. And uh, when he heard what uh, they had made up said, the word of the messenger, uh, the Bible said in our text that Joseph wept. He wept when they spake unto him. The brothers come and they fall down and they present themselves as the servants of Joseph. Joseph here begins to communicate with them. And a couple things, two things I want to point out that give us our thought this evening is that in Joseph's response to the message and the word that has been brought to him by these messengers and the brothers himself is that he reveals or he responds with two truths, acknowledging two truths. Uh, number one, he acknowledged the setbacks that uh, these men and the situations that uh, situation that they brought in his life started a domino effect and would lead to many setbacks in his life. Here's how Joseph words it. He said uh, in verse number 20, But as for you, you thought evil against me. And we know, and we'll deal with it in a moment, how uh, these brothers had mistreated uh, their brother Joseph and uh, had sold him into slavery and all the things in the years that would go by and how Joseph experienced setback after setback. As a young man, he had this great dream uh, that, that he was going to rule and reign and he was going to be somebody. He had this dream that God had put in his heart uh, that the will of God as it was performed in his life uh, that, that he was going to be a somebody. He was going to do great things for God and God was going to use his life in great and mighty ways. And we understand when he was given that dream as a young man uh, that he began to share that dream and I could even argue in some ways uh, that Joseph being a young man didn't know preacher even how to handle that dream at And maybe there's a little arrogance and a little bit of pride in Joseph's heart as he would share that with his father and with his brothers. I can see maybe him being a a young man and being a jerk about that thing. 
and it stirred the heart of those brothers against Joseph. Uh, we understand how they would sell him off again into slavery. And then when they sold him, put him in that pit at and sold him into bondage and sold him into the hand of strangers. Uh, then my friend, in that moment of time, it was such a setback in his life uh, that no doubt he felt like he wasn't getting closer to the dream God had put in his heart. Uh, that he was getting further from the dream that God had put in his heart. And that he was brought down to a land of Egypt at, and uh, is now in the house of Potiphar at, and uh, things began to look pretty good for Joseph, though he's in a strange land, only to be laid on that and uh, to be uh, to be thrown in prison. And again, uh, it seems like another setback is brought into his life. He's, he's getting further away from the dream, further away from uh, what he believed the will of God was for his life. And they're in a prison, it, it looks like. And Joseph will never hold his dream at. It looks like there's been too many setbacks that have uh, created obstacles whereby, uh, whereby the dream will never be realized. Uh, but when we come to Genesis 50, we understand uh, that it's been some time has passed. We understand how that Joseph was raised up out of the prison house and how that he's brought into the, into the rulership and the land and the kingdom and the empire of the Egyptians. And he had excelled so great in the land that he became second in that empire only unto that of Pharaoh. And there he held the dream that God had put in his hand all those many years later. And now he's in that position where, where he's able to acknowledge that and realize that God has brought it all to pass. And my point is simply this, that when Joseph talks with these men, he acknowledges an awareness that and then this matter, the dream given to him as a young man, and the dream he's now living out in his life, uh, that there have been many setbacks that have come along the way. Uh, notice what Joseph said. He said, but as for you, you thought evil against me. Uh, those are setbacks by the hand of his brothers. Uh, those are setbacks, no doubt, that, uh, that evil men had brought into his life. Uh, they are setbacks and no doubt that the devil no doubt had put in the heart of those that were around Joseph and he, he acknowledges the awareness of setbacks. Uh, notice Joseph's response was not only uh, his awareness of setbacks in his life, uh, but more, more or most importantly, uh, he is going to have an awareness of the divine setups uh, that are in his life. He said, you man, and ye thought an evil against me, uh, but God meant it unto good uh, to bring the past as it is this day uh, to save much people tonight. And, and what Joseph is saying, uh, there's been a lot of setbacks. There's been a lot of days uh, that it seemed like I was as far away from the dream uh, as far away from ruling and reigning uh, and far away as I could be from a good day. Uh, but somehow God 
God worked in all those setbacks and while others thought it was evil and others thought they was holding me back and others thought that they were going to resist the working of God in my life while God all along was working through those setbacks and he turned the setbacks into setups. Amen. What looked like to Joseph and everybody around Joseph that that the dream had been squashed and the dream was getting further and further away. Little little did Joseph maybe even understand and his brothers understand and Potiphar's wife understand and the kingdom of Egypt understand that all those setbacks were really set up and God was getting his man to where he needed to be. I want to preach on this thought for a moment tonight, waiting on the devil's setbacks to become divine setups. Waiting on the devil's setbacks to become divine setups. This evening, and I think about this thought, it's something, no doubt, uh, that we can find as a truth throughout the Word of God. Uh, in the lives of many of God's children, if not all of them. Amen. If you're here tonight and you're saved, uh, you're here and you're a child of God this evening, uh, I believe tonight that, that, that the Christian life, uh, as far as in this realm and the human act can see, and experiences we go through and churches go through and ministries face, uh, then they're made up of what it uh, looks like to be setbacks. Uh, things the devil has brought against us for evil and things that, that the devil maybe gets in there mad uh, to get us to doubting whether or not uh, we'll ever rule and reign and experience joy and the blessings of God in our life. I come to tell you tonight, amen, as best I can on a Monday night, amen, I'm glad setbacks ain't the only thing Amen. I can tell you and cry you a river of tears tonight over all the setbacks and the evils and the troubles and the battles and the valleys and the storms that seem to be setbacks decided by the adversary to keep me out of obtaining what I, what I believed and knew that and God had put in my heart. I'm glad to tell you tonight, and the Christian life, it ain't all about set page. And thank God in every set page there is a set up. And our God can work in the midst of the most evil times and the most troubling times and the most tear-filled times. And our God is up to giving setups in our life. Waiting on, uh, waiting on the devil's setbacks to become divine setups. I'll get back the life of Joseph in a moment. And is this not the case in the life of Job? Job, a man who had been blessed by God. Uh, Job, no doubt, a saved man, a child of God, a man. And then those Holy Ghost sent him. And is a man that, that eschewed evil, and a man that feared God, and a man that as far as his generation was concerned, 
I'm in measure to them that as well have been a perfect man and was an upright man. He was a dear child of God that loved God with all his heart. And he prayed to God and he walked with God. And he had a relationship with the Lord. I understand there's a time the Bible said a day when the sons of God came and presented themselves to the Lord. And how that it was God that said to the devil, I shall consider my servant Job. And there's none like him in all the earth. You remember what the devil said? He said, I've been walking around that child of God. I've been trying to find a way to get a hold of him. And I can't even bring a setback in his life. Everything he touches turns to gold. And everything he does has the blessing of God upon it. And I have considered him, but you got this hedge raised up around it. So then I cannot get to your servant, Job. The Lord said, the devil said, I believe the only reason that he serves you and the only reason he prays and the only reason he worships and the only reason he's ever remained faithful is that he's serving you for naught. He's just serving you because you've been good to him. You let him have some setbacks. You let me touch his life. You let me, you let me rock his world. You let me put my hand on what you put in your hand upon. And let me make some difficulties. Let, let me put some setbacks in his life and you watch he'll curse you. You know the story. The Lord said you can do whatever you want. Amen. Just don't take his life. Amen. And so uh, the devil goes to work and in one day, on one single day, Brother Winnemore, uh, the devil brought such setback to that child of God's life and he lost every camel he ever owned. He lost every ass that he ever owned. He lost every auction he ever owned. And in a day, my friend, all of his worldly possessions uh, had been brought against him. You talk about a financial setback. And Job experienced in that day. He went from being the most wealthy man, the most blessed man, a man with the greatest possessions in the East, a mad friend, a man that had might as well have been a pauper, and the devil brought some financial setbacks. The same day, word comes that we know the story. I, I don't mean to bog down the life of Job. I didn't come to preach on Job, but I, I'm trying to illustrate this truth found in, in the lives of all of God's children. The word comes, the last messenger in that evening, part of that day, no doubt, uh, comes and gives the news that all of Job's children have been slain in a storm that brought down the house. You talk about a setback. Amen. Not only a financial setback, but a, amen, a family setback. Amen. You imagine the grief that Job must have felt in that moment of time. He had been up early that very morning praying for his very children. He had been calling their names out to God, trusting God to do great things and to take their life and to use their life. And now his children are having their graves dug. And now they're having funerals and their hearts are busting open as their family experiences a setback. In the midst of the setbacks the devil brought, it was that 
same child of God that I went down, went down to the place and he met with God on a regular basis. And he there, my friend, he bowed his head, shamed his head, bowed his head, and rent his mantle and declared the truths that had been echoed down even to the very hour in which we're in. He said, naked came I in the world. I'll leave the world the same way. The Lord had given and the Lord had taken away. And he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. And my friend in the midst of setbacks, a job, financial setbacks, and family setbacks. My friend, he said, I'll still praise the Lord. I'll still bless the Lord no matter the setbacks. You remember there's a day again the sons of God came. God again said, what about that servant Job? You said he only served me for naught. You said if he had set banks, he'd walk away. You said if he had set banks, he'd curse me. You said if you brought some set banks against him, uh, then, you, then, then, then there'd be no way. And he'd remain faithful. What about my servant Job? The devil said, well, you let me touch his flesh. You let me wreak havoc upon his body. You let me put pain in his earthly temple. And my friend, the Lord said, well, you can touch his body, but you can't take his life. And the devil, no doubt, went away with a smile on his face, thinking, I will the financial send back. And the family sent bags. They're mounting up on old Joe. I'm giving some fleshly sent bags. And he put balls from the crown of his head on the sole of his foot. And Brother Shane, it was so agonizing yet and so painful in the body of this child of God. And you talk about a sent bag. It got so bad and painful that his own wife couldn't bear to watch the pain and the suffering of her husband and what he had been through. And then she said, why don't you just curse God in day? I'm talking about a setback friend, a setback of agonizing sorrow in his earthly body. There in the midst of that setback, Job said to his wife, you speak as a foolish woman. Amen. Have we not received good at the hand of our God and shall we not also receive evil? There he began to bless the Lord in the midst of another setback brought his way. I know that it wasn't easy on Job's side. And even in my own study, believe that and the story of Job likely could cover as much as a year's time in the life of Job. Uh, for a year, he lived in those setbacks. Uh, for a year, he lived in poverty. Uh, for a year, he lived without the joy of knowing his children. Uh, for a year, he lived without uh, the comfort of his very wife. Uh, for a year, he lived in the sorrow. And Job would describe why even the children at one time used to enjoy coming around me and sitting in my lap and eating at my table. Uh, they now look at me as though I'm a monster. And as I'm a vow man, and I'm a man that is to be feared, you told me I'm setbacks for a year's amount of time. I'm a mad friend all through them setbacks. Amen. God was up to something. 
Amen. And I know he got down. I know he cursed and damn his purse. I know that there's some things in Job said the mention them setbacks where there was discouragement in his heart. He couldn't see what God was doing. He felt the setbacks. He saw the setbacks. But my friend, there's something in his heart. Amen. Somehow he just kept on living. And he kept on, man, friend, with his own God. And through that conversation with his buddies. Amen. Oh, I'm telling you, it was set back after set back. And when you come to the end of the story, God comes down and begins to speak to Job. Amen. And he begins to straighten some things up in Job. And when God gets done, here's what Job said. Amen. All below, all before these setbacks, I had heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. Uh, through the setbacks, now my eyes see thee. Amen. And Job came out on the other side. Amen. And the setbacks and God turned all the devil's setbacks into divine setups. When God got done, the Bible said Job had twice the amount of possessions. He had twice the amount of children. My friend, he had he had an abundance of blessings upon his life. What are you saying, preacher Job? Uh, for one year's time, was just waiting on the devil's setbacks and become divine setups in his life. Amen. Amen. We come to the New Testament. What did James say? He said, He said, You've heard of the patience of Job. A man that is, has a testimony of endurance. A man that just waited on God. And did he have setbacks just like you and me? Amen. Sure he did. Amen. Probably to a greater degree than you and I have ever known in this world. And Job's life stands as a, as a record of the fact and that mad friend, whenever the setbacks come, uh, just wait on God and be patient on God. And don't, don't fall prey to the whispers and the echoes of the gates of hell. Amen. Divine setups are on the way. Amen. I hope that's making sense. Amen. I think about the life of Jesus. Yeah, man, you talking about some, some uh, setbacks wrote about by the devil. But little did the devil know there was just divine setups. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. 33 and a half years he lived. All he did was good. He fed, he fed the hungry bellies of the multitudes. He opened the blinded eyes. He opened deaf ears. He caused the dumb to speak. He caused the dead to be raised. Amen. He did so many good things on the beloved said uh, that, that if we wrote it all down, he supposed uh, that there would not be enough room in all the world to uh, contain the volumes of the things that Christ did in his life. 
Buddy, I'm talking about a man on a mission. I'm talking about even his followers acknowledge him and he was the Son of God. He was the Messiah. He was Lord and King and Savior. Um, but my friend, after 33 and a half years, uh, the devil began to move and the devil began to work. He initially put in the heart of Judas Iscariot uh, to betray the Lord and he began to scheme and he began to plan. And so great was uh, the plan of the devil that in John 13, the Bible said Satan now having entered into Judas Iscariot. He didn't just put some things in Judas Iscariot's heart. He took possession. He took possession of his hands. And he took possession of his feet. And he took possession of his desire. And he took possession of his thoughts. And he began to work. And he began to scheme. He began to devise setbacks. He might stop the Son of God from being acknowledged. He had a plan. He had a plan all along. And he would kill the Son of God. And so he began setbacks. Amen. And the betrayal of Judas to the Pharisees and to the Sanhedrin and the high priest for 30 pieces of silver. Uh, the setbacks began to fall. And so, my friend, there's the setbacks. Uh, setbacks, no doubt, the devil found joy in uh, when they brought Christ through the mock trial and they condemned the Son of God to death. Uh, when he was brought before Pilate and Herod, how the setbacks, my friend, began to stack up. Uh, when the crowd began to cry crucified, a very crowd that missed a few days before had said, Hosanna, glory to God, unto the Son of David, the Son of God. Hosanna in the highest, said, they my friend had bowed down to him, now they cried, crucify him, crucify him. Give us Barabbas and let Jesus be condemned to die. I see the devil in the shadows said, I found let another setback fall upon his leg as they take him to Gabbatha's whipping post and they plow his back another setback as my friend they take it and strip him of his garments and crown him with thorns it looks like there's another setback when they my friend put the old rugged cross upon his back and lead him outside down the Via Dolorosa in Jerusalem outside the city gates to be crucified it looks like, oh, it looks like, and the setbacks are mounting up one after another. There is Christ laid his hands upon the cross and allowed them to drive nails in his hands and his feet and raise him between heaven and earth. It looked like the cross was a setback as he cried, he thirsted, as he cried in the agonies of the cross, and the torment and the sun is darkened, only to hear the Son of God cry as echoes as they ring out across the Judean hillside. My God, my God, why has sound forsaken me? How you reckon the devil thought? I've just put a setback. Amen. He thinks even God has abandoned him. Amen. I'm talking about the devil's setback. Amen. And oh, as Christ there gave up the ghost and he drew his last prayer and they took his body down and laid it in a tomb and sealed it and made it sure as they could. I can see the devil say, I finally, I finally got enough setbacks in someone's life. I'm the greatest sin from heaven. I'm now devised such setbacks that he's 
finally been conquered. Day one, day two go by, and the devil thinks his setbacks, amen, have left the Son of God knocked down for the last time, put away for time and for eternity. He finally feels like he can raise his hands in victory. Thank God on day three, as an earthquake and a ground break it, and the storm was thrown away, and the Son of God came walking out. Amen. And you know what happened? All the devil's setbacks, all the devil's setbacks for days had now been turned into divine setbacks. And eternal redemption is provided uh, you and the man of this very earth and cause divine setups are always the result of the devil's setbacks. Amen. He did it in the life of his own son, his only begotten son. And can I tell you tonight? We are the born again sons and daughters of God. I'm glad tonight. Amen. I'm glad tonight if he can do it for Job and he can do it for Jesus and he can do it for Joseph and praise God, he can do it for Jeff. Amen. And he can do it for Shane. Amen. And he can do it for Brother Wintermore and he can do it for your family and he can do it for your church. You say, uh, you say, preacher, it looks like, uh, it looks like uh, the setbacks and mounting up in my life. I feel like I'm dead. I feel like it's going on and on and on. I feel like I've been buried, but just wait. Amen. Keep waiting on the devil's setbacks to become divine setups. Amen. I hope it's helping y'all. It's helping me more than it helped me last night. I'm glad I know who the Lord is. I'm telling you in my life, in my life and in my family and in my ministry, I suppose in the last, I suppose in, well, really since 2020, everybody talking about COVID. Amen. COVID wasn't nothing compared to some of the things I faced in 2020. 2020, our church went through a split. Uh, we had things that went on in our church and stands we had to make it and things that just fell down. I'm talking about, I'm talking about in 2019, we had seen more souls saved than we had seen saved since 2013. And the church wasn't growing and families were joining it. I'm talking about, Brother Winnemore, we was rolling, buddy. We was rolling. It didn't look like anything was going to stop us. Sin come in in the church and in some ways are we live streamed tonight amen we're not live streamed so amen in some ways sin began to creep its way into my family and we began to have to stand up and make some stands and all of a sudden I watched a devil began to put setbacks in our life and setbacks in our family and setbacks in our church I watched a church that looked like it was rolling and nothing would stop it I watched how the devil began to work and we lost uh, we lost th- over 30 people walked out I walked out the doors I'm talking about steam rolling out of their ears it, red face and mad and angry hit and upset over stands and went head to me. I watched my friend, I watched as they walked out the door, one by one take over $60,000 a year with them. We ain't no big church. $60,000 a year is big time for us. 
We watched as that as that went, and I watched I watched after a little while they had been called. I watched how the bank accounts began to dwindle down. And the devil sit on my shoulder if that's such a thing and whisper, well, you think about that, let better. Are you think about that set back? Are you going to curse God? Are you going to walk away? Uh, what are you going to do about this? Seth, uh, you're never going to see your church grow. You're never going to see revival. You'll never see it repaired. And you'll never see it put back together. Yeah. I'm telling you today, I've been through enough in the last four years Seth, uh, to tell you that there's somehow, some way, I don't know how God does what He does. Seth, uh, somehow, some way, uh, there's a way in which God turns the devil's setbacks, makes him divine setups. When God's done, <laughs> woo, hallelujah, when God gets done working somehow, you come out on the other side holding your dream and watching God move again and bless again and the church grow again and the offerings come up again. I'm telling you tonight, only God can do that. I've watched the Lord mend things in my family. I've watched God. <laughs> Amen. I've watched God put relationships that were strained and stressed because of the devil's setbacks. I've watched God, I've sat back and watched God slowly set all that up. And now some of those relationships are stronger than they've ever been. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm, hey man, I don't need to tell Lance to get home tonight. Praise God, me and Xander are going to run home. I'll tell you something tonight. God is working through all the setbacks. From Joseph's life, Joseph's response to his brothers, I know he acknowledges, I'm not talking about putting your head in the sand and acting like they ain't setbacks. I ain't, I ain't asking you tonight how to fake it till you make it. Amen. Be aware there are setbacks. Amen. But every setback you've ever had and every setback you're going through right now, it's just a way for God to bring some setups. Amen. To bring you through to know Him better and to know His grace greater and to know that God's got you tonight. I'm glad we got a God knows how to turn some things around. Amen. Amen. Preacher, you don't know what my family, you don't know what setbacks going on in my family. Just wait. Just wait. God can turn it around. Preacher, you don't know what setbacks our church has been through. You don't know how we've been affected by uh, what it seems like the devil has brought our way. I'm just come to tell you tonight, wait on, child of God, uh, and wait on, church, uh, and preacher, wait on a little while. Uh, amen, I'm telling you tonight, God can turn things around. Amen. Joseph, amen, teaches you and I, amen, we've got to be aware of the setbacks, but don't dwell on the setbacks. Be more aware. He said more about the setups than he did the setbacks. 
But as for you, you meant it for evil. That's an acknowledgement of the setbacks. But as far as you break that verse down, in fact, I believe we can say, hey man, this just come to me. He says, he says at least twice as much about the setups as he did the setbacks. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Amen. Glory to God. Child of God, don't get so hung up on the setbacks. I'm not belittling what you've been through. I'm not telling you I've learned how to handle everything that comes my way. If I was being honest with you, I can have a pity party, amen, bigger and greater than, amen, anybody in the building. Amen. I invite scary clowns to my pity parties. Amen. I mean, we get sad and we cry and we feel sorry for ourselves. And I'm telling you tonight, somehow, some way, may God help us to be like Joseph and not get so hung up on the things we've been through that had set us back and, and made it feel like we was getting further and further away from God and His plan and His dreams and His blessed. Uh, but to be aware of the fact that those are just ways that God can be made big in our life. Waiting on the devil's setbacks to become divine setups. Amen. Learn it in the life of Job and Jesus. However, I believe tonight from the most practical application, there may not be a greater example and testimony of this than the life of Joseph. Joseph, I believe, sets the stage for you and I to draw application from. If I'm to wait on the devil's setbacks to become divine setups, how am I to wait? Do I wait biting my fingernails? Do I wait pulling out my hair? Do I wait growing old and cold and grouchy and upset and tore up all the time? Can I say tonight, I think from the life of Joseph, uh, the Lord give me three things, and they may be more than three things. Brother Shane can preach part two. Amen. On uh, the next time he preaches. Amen. Or if he'll give them to me tonight, I'll preach them to you tomorrow night. Amen. But I believe there's three things the Lord give me in the life and the story of Joseph uh, about what it what really waiting on God to turn things around ought to look like. Or maybe we could say tonight shouldn't look like. Number one, I want to say tonight, while you're waiting on the divine setups to turn around the devil's setbacks, listen to me tonight, don't become bitter. We're told about a young man that, that his brothers came to hate him. They came to despise him. They despised his relationship with the Father. They despised the blessings the Father had bestowed upon him. 
He dispatched his dream and his vision and the call of God upon his life. And the day came, the father sent Joseph to check off and to carry provisions to the brothers and were down in the field tending to the father's sheep. And when they saw him come and they devised the plan and they stirred themselves and said, uh, let's kill this dreamer, let's do this dreamer in. Had it not been for Reuben standing up and said, I got a better plan, let's not kill him, let's not go that far. Um, but let's sell him. Let's, let's put him in a pen and we'll sell him these Ishmaelites. It's coming from the other direction. And so in Genesis, I won't take time look at all the verses. But in Genesis 37, we find Joseph put in a pit. In Genesis 37, 23 through 28, we find that his own flesh and blood pulls him up out of the pit only to sell him to the Ishmaelites and the Midianites who are on their way to Egypt. And it looks like, it looks like, and he has been betrayed. It looks like they hate him and mistreated him to the degree. And Joseph would have been justified to be able to say, they hate me, I hate them. They've mistreated me. You wait till I get an opportunity to mistreat them back. The Bible teaches you and I, Genesis 39 and verses 1 through 4, when the Ishmaelites get him down to Egypt, they sell him upon the slave market to a man by the name of Pharaoh. And when he's brought in the house of Pharaoh, you know what the Bible said? The Bible said the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. You know what that tells me? That tells me through all he's been through that Joseph did not allow bitterness to dominate his heart. That's easier said than done. I know that. Let me say this tonight. One of the surest ways to get the hand and the touch of God off your life is to allow the root of bitterness to be planted and grow and leave it there, leave it there. Um, that friend rooted in your heart. Paul said in Hebrews 12, and that root of bitterness springing up. And there are many, many that have been defiled by bitterness. And I say tonight, I believe that Joseph teaches you and I not to become bitter when the setbacks come our way. Amen. You know the story. Fast forward. Joseph's now been lifted up and raised up by the hand of Pharaoh. When his brothers come there to find food, as all the known world of that time was doing, uh, that, that he, my friend, he already was forgiving of his brothers uh, mistreatment when all of that was revealed. Uh, Joseph didn't have to go to therapy. He didn't have to talk to a shrink about, amen, all the family drama and all the ways he'd been done wrong. He didn't have to sit back on the couch and pour out on his heart. I'm not mocking all that today. I'm just telling you, I'm telling you that tells me that he didn't allow himself to become bitter. He didn't have to take six weeks of, of counseling that and discipleship about bitterness and what it does. Uh, Joseph, 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 he is already forgiving of his brothers. I believe, I don't, I, I don't know how because I'm telling you, I don't always have this nailed down. Amen. 
I'd say tonight, if you're like me and we ain't no different, I just live in Tennessee and y'all live in South Carolina or North Carolina. We're all the same. Ain't it easy to get that root of bitterness growing? Taste the bitterness of being mistreated. The bitterness of betrayal. The bitterness and the setbacks of how it looks like the devil's bringing us further and further away. My friend, I'm telling you, child of God, you've got you've to, by the power of the Holy Ghost, fight against that. And don't let that root grow. Don't get to the place uh, where you get so bitter that all you can do is be consumed by uh, the setbacks and get bitter against uh, the people of God that have done you wrong uh, and family that's done you wrong and preachers that have done you wrong uh, and church members that have done you wrong. And because if you allow yourself to be there, it won't be long you'll go getting bitter with God. When them brothers, and he realizes who they are, they ain't, they ain't a root of bitterness in his heart. There's not, a, there's not a desire. There's not an inkling of vengeance and revenge that he has in his heart way because Joseph knew what it was had to go through setbacks and maintain a spirit of forgiveness. Amen. We come to our text tonight. I want to tell you that he remained forgiving. Amen. He remained forgiving. Here's how you know. Here's how you know that he, that he did not become bitter. Is that of all the record of the life of Joseph, he remained forgiving and never used what they had done to him to justify mistreating them. He didn't have no book with the score. He had buried the hatchet and the handle and forgot where it was buried. Amen. When his brothers, even in themselves, that guilt arises, and even they said we did evil, we did trespass, and we did sin to him. And surely he's going to hate us. You know what they found? They, you know what they found at the feet of Joseph? They found a man that has still had tears and still was able to cry, who is still easily moved, a man who is still tender, and they found the man that the Bible said, and he spake kindly unto them, he spake kindly unto them, and then he was one that was willing to comfort them. Amen. You say, how do I know if I've got bitterness in my heart? Could you comfort and speak kindly to those who have done you the worst way? I tell you right now, if I ever see them, I'm going to... Let me tell you something. Don't let your setbacks make you bitter. Amen. Lord have mercy. Y'all doing it to me again already. I won't have nothing left to give tomorrow night. I feel like preaching a while. I don't want to become bitter. 
I've watched people, I've watched preachers become better because of things they've been through. Other women, more you've been at it longer than I have. You've watched men that, uh, that, that had the touch of God on them, but because of setbacks, they grew bitter and it showed in the pulpit. It, it showed in their attitude and it showed in their spirit. I don't ever want to become that way. I don't want to get so bitter that, that people don't want to be around me and they can't stand to hear me preach. It, they can't stand to hear me uh, just stand around. And when I walk in the room, they want to go the other way because I'm so defiled by bitterness. Buddy, I'm telling you in this day, it's so easy to spew all of that out. Social media is the worst thing ever happened to our nation. Amen. You get a setback, somebody does you wrong. Amen. That bitterness starts growing. You know what bitterness will do? It'll make you start airing all that out to everybody out there. Taking pot shots. Amen. Speaking in code on social media. I don't know why I'm preaching this way tonight. I'm telling you, child of God, don't go there. Amen. Don't go there. Resist it. And the Lord put some forgiveness in your heart. Don't become bitter over the setbacks. I know it's a battle. I know it's hard. I'm telling you, I want to be a Joseph. If I've got to wait on the Lord... And take the devil's setbacks and turn them into divine setups. I'm telling you tonight, they are, I'm telling you tonight, there are people that are stuck in setbacks that happened 20 years ago. And they'll never experience divine setups so long as they have that bitterness in their life. God could have never turned it around in Joseph's life had he sat down there in Egypt with his arms crossed and his, his bottom lip pooched out and, and feeling sorry for himself uh, because he didn't allow himself to become bitter. He allowed God to have room to work. The divine setups fell upon Joseph's life. Amen. Amen. I tell you, I tell you, when you know you're bitter, when the people that's done you wrong are doing far better than you are, and that starts gnawing on you. Amen. I've had some of that crowd left us in 2020. I'll be honest, I believe that book. I don't believe you do God's man and God's bride, the church, wrong and get by with it. There's some of them... Brother Shane, I, I, I don't know that I said it out loud, but I was thinking it in my heart. Hey Amen, buddy, you just wait till the hammer falls. God ain't going to let them get by. It's 2024. Can I tell you, some of that crowd's doing far better than I am tonight. If I ain't careful, that stuff will go gnawing at me. You know what that is? Bitterness. Amen. Joseph's in a pit. Joseph's sitting in a prison. Joseph's going through setbacks while his brothers are back at the father's house. Amen. Enjoying food at the father's table. Their families are growing. They're getting wives and children. And, and, and I'm telling you, it looks like they're doing way, way better than Joseph is. Amen. 
Joseph didn't allow all that to turn to bitterness. I'm telling you, God told me to preach it. I wasn't going to preach this tonight. Amen. I want to preach about lions tonight. I want to preach about lions tonight. And God told me coming down the way, you preach that tonight. Amen. I'm telling you, God has sent us, amen, to tell the church and to tell, amen, the preacher and to tell a preacher's family and to tell Landrum Independent Baptist Church and to tell me again tonight, don't become bitter by the setbacks. Amen. Amen. I don't want... I don't want five years from now, I'm still, I'm still talking about the setbacks like they just happened yesterday. I'm not telling you you can't talk about them. Amen. When I talk about what happened in 2020 now, you know what I'm doing? I'm magnifying the Lord. I can acknowledge there were setbacks. I was done wrong. There was evil. There was sin. There was maltreatment and mistreatment and lies that had been spoke at. But now, four years later, I'm standing on the other side and I'm watching what the Lord was doing. Our church is stronger than it's ever been. Amen. We're going to go through more setbacks. Amen. The devil's always going to be lurking around. I'm waiting to bring more setbacks, but I'm glad. And I've been through enough to know the Lord is enough. And if you'll guard yourself from becoming bitter, God can bring divine setups that will blow your mind the way that he blesses your life. Amen. Do not become bitter. Number two. You say there's more? Yeah. I told you I had three. I won't preach the last two like I did the first one. Let me say number two. We learn from Joseph while you're waiting on the devil's setbacks to become divine setups. Do not become bitter, but do not become blemished. He finds himself, I mean, the first setback, what a setback. That had to be a whammy. Amen. Y'all ever been through a whammy? Something made your head spin, your world flip upside down. You didn't know what in the world was happening. Felt like he was in a strange land. All of a sudden, he gets in the house of Pharaoh and things began to look up. God is with him and everything Joseph does is more prospered and blessed than any of the other Pharaoh's servants. He got, he got so good at what he was doing, how God was using him in that house that he arrived at a place where Pharaoh said, I'm just going to make you the master around this place. It's still my house. It's still my wife. It's still my family. It's still my possessions, but you're going to run it all. He was good at it. Then that old hussy, that old nasty heifer said, got her eyes on that young man and said, come lie with me. The Bible said, Joseph said, I ain't going to do it. Amen. That's in my version. I ain't going to do it. I ain't laying with some nasty woman. Amen. I wouldn't lie with no nasty Egyptian woman. The Bible said she was so full of lust and brought such temptation against that young man and it became a daily thing. It became a bombardment, a bombardment, a bombardment of of a sinful temptation. But Joseph, Joseph resisted that sin and that temptation. 
Amen. So what are you saying, preacher? I, I need you to get a hold of this. Please get a hold of it quick so I don't have to preach it all out. Here's what I want to say. Joseph never allowed the setbacks to cause him to justify indulgence in sinful temptations. I'm not sure I understand why or how. I just know after 20-something years of pastoring what I'm about to tell you so. Somehow, and for whatever reason, when setbacks come, God's children feel like they're entitled not to live up to the standards of holiness they've always acknowledged. I ain't telling you about what I think. I'm telling you about what I know. I've had, I've had married couples come into my office expecting me to straighten out their marriage. And as they began to tell their story, I'm talking about not once, several times, I've had them sit across the desk from me and him or her say, she or he cheated on me. So I went out and cheated on them. <clears throat> you know what they did? They had a setback. And in that setback, they justified indulging in things that no child of God ought to indulge in and became blemished themselves. There are preachers that have gone through setbacks and in the midst of the setbacks they, they lost their ministry and they lost the touch of God because they, they went down the bar they stopped by the beer cave and they began to drink because of some setback and they felt like that I'm entitled to do this to deal with what I'm going through. Amen. God's children and members of the church, somehow when the setbacks come, there's a vulnerability. You mark it down when you've had a setback come that has been like what Joseph has had. Mark it down. Potiphar's wife is just another way that the devil's going to try to bring another setback. And ultimately she's going to be a setback, but... but uh. I like, I like Joseph's mentality. <clears throat> Bible said they come a day. She said, I'm going to have him now. I'm going to have him now. Today's the day. She laid on hold of him and grabbed his coat. Joseph said, you may have my coat. You'll never get my character. Amen. Run out the door. Yeah. Amen. You may get my robe. But I'll not let you have my integrity. I can't do what you're tempting me to do. I can't do it against the master in the house. You belong to him. And more importantly than that, I cannot sin against my God. He refused to become blemished even though he had been done wrong. He's in a strange land. His daddy will never know. His kinfolk will never know. It looks like he's in a place and he can just join the Egyptians in the way they live and fit in with them and nobody ever know what Joseph done. But had Joseph become blemished, all those setbacks he's already been through would have been wasted. 
He had never known the divine setups that God in time was going to pour out upon his life. Don't trade your divine setups in days to come for sinful pleasures in the moment. Amen. A lot more I could say. He didn't become bitter. He didn't become blemish. While you're waiting on the devil's setbacks to become divine setups, we say last of all, do not become begrudging. I've got to quit. Y'all been good to preach to tonight. I don't know why y'all y'all let me come down here and preach like a wild man, just on and on and on. Amen. Do not become begrudging. That old heifer Egyptian hussy lied on him. She turned it all around and made the accusation that Joseph was the one who in fact had been doing what she was doing. Potiphar, Potiphar's having an affection for Joseph, said, I won't kill you, but you'll spend the rest of your life in the prison house of Pharaoh. There he is, he's put in there. About the time he gets in there, they shows up. Two men from the house of Pharaoh, Pharaoh's baker and Pharaoh's butler, the Bible said they had offended Pharaoh. Now all of a sudden he's in a prison with setbacks with other people going through setbacks. They're in there, you know the story, I don't have to preach it all. The baker and the butler start having dreams and Joseph says, I I can interpret those dreams. I'm the dreamer. I had a dream a long time ago. I ain't got my dream yet, but I can tell you what yours is. They said, well, we'd sure be glad you told us. He said, well, they tell him what they dream. Pharaoh said, well, Baker, I got bad news for you. You're going to be lifted up out of the prison house, but Pharaoh going to hang you, and the birds are going to pluck your eyes out your head and eat your flesh. I can imagine the butler said, well, just maybe don't tell me what the dream is for me. (laughs) Joseph says, Mr. Butler, you're going to be raised up out of the prison house. You've had these setbacks. But you're going to be set up again. Amen. Pharaoh going to bring you out of this prison house. You're going to serve the king again. All of a sudden, there's a rattle at the door. They said, Baker and Butler, y'all come out. And it all happened just the way, just the way that Joseph had said it was. There's the butler restored, the Bible said, to his butlership. For two years, a man who had been through a setback is now in a setup and enjoying all that is. Joseph's still in the prison house. He said, what do you mean, preacher? Don't become begrudging. Here's what you're going to find. When you go through setbacks, you're going to start meeting other people going through setbacks themselves. And it may be that they get some setups and you're still in your setbacks. And you can't become begrudging about those things. You can't allow yourself 
You can't allow yourself to become jealous in your heart that God is bringing others out of their setbacks and you're still in yours. Can I be transparent to you? I'm, I'm done. I'm done. In fact, let me make you feel real good. Sister, would you come to the piano? Everybody breathe. I'm almost done. 